0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. I said last week we're going to talk about the authority of the believer tonight. That every one of us as believers, we've been given authority. Now, I can't get out in front of myself. This is going to take several weeks. I encourage you to take some notes on this. This will revolutionize your life if you'll get a hold of it. You know, there was a man who was really upset with with a business that he he had done some business with. And so he went back and he said, I need to talk to someone who has a little authority around here. And this man looked at him and said, well, I guess you can talk to me. I guess I have about as little authority as anybody else does around here. Now, a lot of times in our lives as believers, that's the way we look at our lives. I have little authority or no authority. But that's not true, okay? We have the authority that Jesus died for us to have. Now begin with me in Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read verses 26, 27, 28. Then we'll come back and dissect it a little. Verse 26, then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion or complete authority, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That tells you right there, we got authority over the creeps, okay? Don't care who the creeps are, you got authority over them. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, the earth. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, when we read this, it's very clear that God's original intention was for man to rule right here on earth. You see the authority. You see the fingerprint that God put on mankind. Now, to understand this a little bit more, go back to verse 26. And it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image. That, that was one of the most astounding statements that's in the entire Bible, I believe. And what he, when he said that there, let us make man in, his, in our own image, a lot of translations will say in our likeness, an exact duplication in kind. Now that doesn't mean I'm God, but what it does mean that God has given me his life, his ability, and his nature. They reside on the inside of me. Now back to verse 26. If you'll look there, he says that he's given us dominion complete authority, and down a little farther it says, over all the earth. Not a little bit, but over all the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them, And so when you look at this, once again, we're created in the image of God. I didn't evolve from a monkey, Okay. My father wasn't a monkey swinging from the trees. People that want to believe that, they can go ahead and believe that. I choose to believe the Word of God. And it says here that God created us as male and female or men and women. Every one of us in this room were either a male or a female. That was God's design. Now, if you look through the book of Genesis, many times here it will refer to Genesis as, as the, the law of Genesis. The law of Genesis says that everything will produce or reproduce after its own kind. In other words, strawberries, you're going to get strawberries. You plant green beans, you're not going to get cabbage, okay? And God's design to repopulate this earth was through men and women. That's the only way it could happen, okay? Okay. That's the law of Genesis. Actually, the law of Genesis it's still in operation in our world today. Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. There'll be night and day. There'll be cold and hot. As long as the earth remains. Well, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out we're still here. We're still here. So God's design was to repopulate the earth through men and women. He hadn't changed a bit, guys. Here's a statistic that really, really bothered me the other day. This was the first time, and I believe it was over 60-some years, it was the least marriages in the United States in that many years. The least. So you know what that says? More and more people are not getting married. The problem with that. Is this was way that God said I'm going to repopulate my earth, but also the problem is that without the family, and I didn't, in, I didn't introduce the family, I didn't create the family. God did. God set this in order, and God said it's between men and women. And when we start taking out the, the combinations, the things that God created and that God blessed, and if you'll notice right there, He said I blessed it. When we quit doing what God says, guys. Things aren't good. I believe a lot of the problems we're having with our young people right now is because some are coming from no, no families, no fathers. And guys, every time this happens, our, our nation, our world gets out of order. You can amen me or owe me or shout me down, whatever you want, but this is what the B-I-B-L-E says, okay? There was reason God said that. Now, that's not what we're talking about tonight, but that was free. Verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and subdue it. I love that word subdue it there. He said subdue it. He's talking about subdue the earth. And have dominion over the things, anything that moves on the earth, ultimately what he says. So you know what God was telling right here, really was addressed to Adam and Eve initially. He's saying, listen, if something that's on this earth gets out of order, you put it back into order. If it gets out of line, you put it back in line. Don't play dead, don't plead the fifth amendment, don't say, well, this must be the will of God. No, God's saying right there, I've given you the authority on this earth. What are you going to do with it? Subdue it and have dominion over it. Now, same chapter. Look down with me to verse number 31. Then God saw that everything, now highlight that, that everything that he made, and indeed it was very good, so the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Everything was good. So what happened? So what happened? There's the million dollar question right there. I can tell you what happened. A man named Adam chose to sin, and this was called the fall of mankind. And sin brought forth death. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 says, death came by man. Death did not originate here, guys, by Father God. God's design was we'd live forever. But when Adam fell here, this is what happened. Romans 6.23 says this, the wages of sin is death. So this is what occurred when Adam did what he did. Now, when you look at all this before the fall, the original order of of man's environment on the earth must be distinguished from what it is right now following the event of man's fall. It's got to be looked at totally different. What you're seeing now was not God's original plan. Our present world does not reflect God's kingdom order, okay? God's kingdom order was for everything to flow, just like he spoke here a minute ago. And whatever you do, don't attribute things that are going on in our world right now as acts of God or the will of God. These are reflected because of the fall of man. This is what happened. So ultimately what happened here, guys, there was a curse that was placed on mankind. Go with me to the other end of the Bible, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. So when you look at what Adam didn't do, he didn't subdue the earth. He didn't use his dominion that God had given him. And so because of that, the curse was set in motion. And when I talk about the curse, the curse refers to sickness, disease. It refers to death, calamity. And even even disasters. Now these aren't acts of God. Anytime you're seeing killing, stealing, destroying, sickness and disease, you can always be guaranteed that it's because of the devil. It's amazing how much stuff God gets blamed for. God's not the inventor of evil. Never has been and never will be. But it's amazing to me how many times I hear people saying, well God... He killed that little boy. That's not the character of the God I know. God doesn't go around killing people, and God does not sit on His throne with a big old Texas-sized flyswatter just waiting for you to make a mistake. I'm gonna. That's not God. The God I know is a God of love, and He's a just God, and He's a holy God. First John three. Look with me starting in verse number four. 1 John 3, verse 4. Whoever commits sin or practice sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Now, when he talks about sin, sin is rebellion against God's law or God's word. That's all sin is. When God has put up here things that he asked me and you to do, and we choose to disobey it, we've sinned. We've rebelled against what Father God has asked each one of us to do. Now, Here's something that puts us all on even ground. The Bible says every one of us has sinned. Every one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. Some of you would say, well, I've never sinned. Well, after the service, we'll pray for liars because you're lying. You've sinned and I've sinned and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, okay? Have you sinned, Pastor? Yes. Massively, I've sinned. Not proud of it, but I have sinned, okay? Verse 5. And you know that he... Jesus was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him there is no sin. This is a key thing for every one of us to see here. The number one thing that He just said right there as far as manifestations. Jesus was manifested to what? To take away our sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord that He came to take away my sins, your sins. Verse 6. Whoever abides in Him... Does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Now, guys, John wasn't here. He wasn't teaching perfectionism. What he was saying, rather, that as a born-again Christian, my life shouldn't characterize that I'm a habitual sinner. My life shouldn't reflect that I just live in sin. If I say that I'm born again, then sin shouldn't dominate me, okay? Keep reading. Verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you or lead you astray. He who practices righteousness or acts right is righteous just as Jesus is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Now this is the manifestation number two. Look what it says. The Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Manifestation one was that He would take our sins. Number two, that Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the devil. Now just with that little word there, works, think about that right there. Jesus was sent or manifested To destroy the works of the devil. What's the devil's works? Well, when you study the Bible, one of the greatest revelations of it all is John 10.10. It says the thief, and that's what the devil is. He's a thief. He is in this world right now, this place called earth, illegally. He didn't come legally, he came illegally. To come here legally, and this will be more next week, you must be born physically on earth. The devil wasn't born here physically on earth, but he is here. And so John 10 10 says, the thief comes, but to kill, steal, and destroy. In other words, he wants to rip you off every way he can. Ultimately, he wants to kill you and see you destroyed. You know why? Every time he looks at me and you, he hates our guts because God created us. Don't think the devil's your friend, okay? And don't think the devil is that little Hollywood character who goes around with a pitchfork poking people in the rump. That's not who the devil is, okay? I'll tell you that right now. The devil's ultimate goal is to see people dead, killed, destroyed, wiped out. But for this reason, Jesus was manifested. Ooh, I love that. The Amplified says it was for him to undo the works of the devil. Who was Jesus to destroy the works or undo the works of the devil for? Not him. It wasn't for Jesus' sake. It was for us. For me and you. That's why he came. Father God said, man, I've got to send a a, a man back to the earth to take care of the things that are out of order. So he sent Jesus. Verse 9. Whoever has been born to God does not sin. A constant indulgence in sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born to God. So what he's telling us here is, if I keep indulging in sin over and over and over and over in life, it contradicts that my confession was that Jesus is Lord of my life. Now once again, I'm not saying you should be perfect, but what I am saying is that when we blow it as human beings, man, take responsibility for your choices, your actions. Repent, Repent. The greatest vitamin you can take every day into multiple. It's repentance, that you come before God, man, Father God, I'm so sorry. And you know, First John 1:9 says that if you'll confess your sin, not only will he forgive you, but he'll cleanse you. So welcome and say, thank you, Father, God. And sometimes, guys, I shouldn't say, sometimes all the time, you just receive that by faith. You just got to get over and say. Father God, you said that if I'd confess my sins, you would forgive. So right now, I thank you. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Many of you beat yourself up day after day after day. You condemn yourself. The devil doesn't have to condemn you. You condemn yourself. I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'll never amount to any good. Quit saying those things. The, the Proverbs, say, Proverbs 23, 7 says, A righteous man may fall, but he'll get up. He may fall seven times, but he'll get up. He'll keep getting back up. One of the ways you get up. It's through repentance. Now go with me. Ooh, go with me to Acts chapter ten. Acts chapter ten. I told you I'm, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to attempt to go through this very slow. I want to be able to hit things. That you, I have the, I have a problem. I shoot from my hip all the time. I get off on these sides. If my wife was here, you would have notes. You would have an outline. Pastor, are we ever going to get a note or an outline for you? Absolutely not. Not going to happen, okay? Not going to happen. I just meant stuff will start coming to me. The Holy Ghost, he's good. And so we'll just follow the Holy Ghost here. All right, Acts 10. Begin with me in verse 36. It said, The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. The message says it this way. Everything is being put together again because of Jesus. Now, if you'll note the last part of verse 36, it said that he is Lord of all. In this passage is one of the first keys that men and you got to understand. Remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can a man enter his mother's womb again? And Jesus said, no, 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 that's not the issue. Here's the issue. What is born of the flesh is flesh. That means when you were born here, you were born into this physical place called earth legally. Every one of us are here legally. That's why you don't see angels preaching. Angels aren't here legally. They weren't born in the earth. Now they they act in this atmosphere in the spirit realm. So one of the keys for each one of us is to be born again. How do I get born again? Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. So that's how I get born again. This is the first key. We've got to be born again, okay? Give your heart to Jesus and then live for Him. Verse 37. That the word you know. Now this is an important feature for every one of us right here. The word you know. I'm only as dangerous or as free or as strong as as I know the word. Okay? Okay? i got to get the Word of God in me on a daily basis. I like to say it this way. Feed your faith and it will starve your doubts. The great evangelist, Miss Wigglesworth, said this years ago. We feed our, our natural man three hot meals a day, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week, and we wonder why we're starving to death spiritually. we got to get in the Word, okay? we got to get in the Word. That's a key. And you're going to hear more of that here in a minute if I get there. So it goes on and says, That the word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. Number one, you got to be born again. Number two, what did John preach? Water baptism. It's important that we get water baptized. Okay. And if you get water baptized here, and I'm not not putting down any other religion, denomination, we're not going to sprinkle you. We're not going to give you a little... The the definition of the word baptized means to emerge. We're going to dunk you. And some of you are going to hold you under a little longer. Okay? Just to really wrench you. I'm kidding. We won't do that. Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus in Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus. Now, catch that right there. Who anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit? God did. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And when He anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, look what came with it. And with power, ability, and strength. And look what it says. Who went about... or? Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, just in that phrase right there, it says he went about healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. If if Jesus healed those that were oppressed of the devil, where do you think sickness and disease originated from? The devil. Anytime we get oppressed in life, understand it's the devil. And one of the hardest things I have is when I hear people say, I can't believe God would put cancer on that person to teach them something. God didn't do that, okay? That's not the heart of God. And, and think about it this way. If God did, but he didn't, but if God did put cancer on someone to teach you something, why would you want to get rid of it? Why would you go to a doctor to be ill? You say, well, God gave it to me. Okay, it doesn't make any sense. But yet this is what we think. And so when you think about all this here, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, who went about good healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. The devil is here right now, guys, in this place called earth. And his goal is to bring sickness, disease, and oppression on as many people as he can. But if you'll notice here, Jesus came to this earth as a man. If you're reading the Bible, mark how many times in the New Testament you'll see that Jesus himself will say that I came as the Son of Man. Every now and then you'll see he'll say he came the Son of God. But the majority of the time he said, I came as the Son of Man. Jesus is here legally. He's here legally. Now, that's more next week. I really need to get here. Go with me to to Matthew 4. Put your finger right there. Go to Matthew 4, and then put your finger in Luke 4. Matthew 4 and Luke 4. Pretty impressive. I'm making you multitask. It's a big deal. Two things at once, man. I'm proud of you. Way to go. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That word tempted means it implies enticement of sin. The devil tried to entice Jesus to sin. And when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights after he was hungry, now when the tempter, that tells you the devil's the one. When you're messed with temptations to sin, that's the devil. So he says right here, when the tempter, the devil, came to Jesus, he said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now look at Jesus' response to that. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know what Jesus fights the devil back with? With the Word of God. What Jesus just spoke to him was Deuteronomy 8.3. Jesus just looked at him and said, Duh, this is what Deuteronomy 8.3 says. He fought back immediately when he tried to tempt him with the Word of God. Verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, he set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now, when he says this here, listen to what it says next. He shall give his angels charge of you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You know who said that? The devil quotes Scripture to Jesus. He knows Scripture. And so he thinks he's really slick. He thinks, you know what, I'm, I'm going to turn it on Jesus. I'm going to quote Scripture to him. Not not a good idea. Jump with me to Luke 4. And the reason we're going to look for this is the exact same story. The exact same passage is just written by Luke instead of Matthew. And it says some things a little different. Pick up with me in verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you. All this authority I'll give you, and you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever we, I wish. It's been turned over to me. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, and he quotes Psalm 91, 11 and 12, what Jesus quotes back. When you look what the devil said, all this authority has been turned over to me, If you'll note in there, there was not one time that Jesus said, you ain't got no authority. Liar, liar, pants, you have no authority. Jesus never said that because the devil does have authority here on earth at this time. How'd he get it? What Adam did, he turned it over to the devil. And so the devil begins to recognize, uh uh-oh, Jesus is here. He's here, and I believe he's here to try to restore the things I've stolen. So you know what he tries to do? He tries to win Jesus. Now, real quick, let's end this one. Verse 9. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. Now, how many times did he say that to him? If you are the Son of God. Here was Jesus' chance to prove he was the Son of God. But yet... Jesus' assignment wasn't to prove he was the Son of God. That would prove out sooner or later anyhow. What was Jesus' assignment again? To take away our sins and to destroy the works of, of the devil. That was his assignment. And the devil was going to try to do everything he could to keep him from doing that. Now, listen to me. In this passage right here... On three different occasions, Jesus combated the temptations of the devil with the Word of God. This is one of the keys for me and you to walk in our spiritual authority. Is when the devil starts mouthing at you, when he starts yakking at you, you want to shut him up? Start speaking the Word to him. Start speaking the Word. Where's that at that it's a weapon? Ephesians 6, 17 says, The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So what happens is when the devil comes knocking around and you start speaking the Word, it's as if you pull that sword out. And I'm telling you guys, there's times I envision that. Give him a good poke. I telling you, there's times you just, don't zoro even just cut his head off. Wha- speak the Word. Speak the Word. Speak the Word. Speak the Word. And some of you say, Well, I did it last night and nothing happened. Speak the word. Speak the word. The word of God is near thee in thy mouth, in thy heart. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. I've got to get the word in my mouth. I've got to keep speaking the word, and I keep speaking the word. Keep Bombard him with the word of God. I don't care what's going on. If your kids aren't sleeping well tonight, begin to speak the word. Psalm 127.2 says, he gives his beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. I would tell, no, 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 no. You won't mess with my children's sleep. In the name of Jesus, my home sleeps well. Sweet and peaceful. All I'm doing is, you know what? I'm flexing. My God-given authority. My God, I mean, you start rising up, you swell up with the Word of God. And I've gone over tonight, and that's okay. Bless you, nursery workers. Guys, get the Word, get the Word, get the Word, get the Word. Feed on the Word of God. Feed, and don't be afraid to speak it. Speak it out of your mouth. Speak it out of your mouth. And I'm telling you, you begin to swing that sword. Stand up. Stand up. I didn't get anywhere close where I needed to, but that's okay. pastor's going to take his time. Keep speaking the word. Guys. Speak the word over your children. Speak the word over your marriage. I tell you, there was, there was years that the devil would come and he would, he would knock on my door of life and, and he would put the thoughts in there and he would tell me this. He said to me, he said, if the people who are coming to your church, if they knew all the stuff you did, they would all leave your church. None of them would be around you. And I thought, oh, crap. That's the truth. So you know what I did? I told you guys everything I've done wrong. I was a drunkard. I was sexually immoral. I thought, they won't run me They know. They know what's happening. But guess what? The greatest testimony is is when you begin to speak the word over your life and say, yeah, that's who I used to be. But oh, now the greater one lives on the inside of me. See, that's where we got to get. Now, don't miss these Wednesday nights. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.